Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Folks, you're all very welcome to another bonus episode. This time, it's a new show we've done for a bit of a laugh, but also to address some issues that need to be addressed. It was with Average Joe Miller from Not To View chatting to myself and what a laugh we had. We put it out on Celtic Fanzine TV on our YouTube channel. So if you can visit that and subscribe, that would be great. But we've decided to put them out as podcasts as well because some people prefer to listen to the audio, going for a stroll with the dog or maybe driving somewhere. So thanks for the continued support and here's Talk From The Terraces. So, folks, here we are again. Episode one of the Celtic Soul podcast. I had Joe Miller on, or average Joe Miller, as he's known around the upper class drinking establishments of Glasgow, i.e. McCool's. And we have now on the first of what we, we haven't really got a name for it, but what we might call it the Celtic Daz as a bit of rebellion against all you young podcasters out there. So us old boys are, are we're striking back. Joe, um, I, so there you go, Joe. You're very welcome to the Celtic Daz. <laughs> Good to see you again, Andrew. Cheers, mate. Yeah, Joe, it's been, it's been great looking at you during lockdown on your world tour of beers. Uh, I kind of like to uh, explore a wee bit, but we've got a campaign on against Guinness just now because when we get uh, cans of Guinness over here, it doesn't fill your pint glass. It's four forty. So when you guys get cans of Guinness over there, it fills your pint glass. We don't. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, these are. A, just, I just want to plug that there's a campaign going on with my good friends at Guinness. These are a false world problems, Joe. <laughs> I know. I might send some muscle down to Dublin and see if you can sort them out. You know anybody? Oh, I wouldn't know anyone them that moved in so <laughs> Joe, I love your T-shirt. Thanks very much. Uh, it's apparently Glasgow. Some beautiful uh, colours in it. Yeah, rainbow colours. Yeah, it's apparently are doing well. Uh, eighth in the league just now for a kind of 
the usual Sapelli, good start, really slumped in the middle, but absolutely flying again. So uh, looking good, mate. Yeah, it's great to see uh, our good friends over in Hamburg doing well. Good anti-fascist club, anti-racism. Joe, we've had racism in the in the news constantly these days. Kamara at Rangers, that guy got a 10-match ban and Kamara got a three-match ban for his reaction. Uh, was it, was it for his reaction or was it not for... Uh, was it not the guy attacked inside the... underneath the tunnel and all that? Oh, maybe you're right, Joe, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I think I've not read up. No, I just I knew it came out just now. Yeah, yeah, and um, I ho- hopefully know that uh, he, I, I believe he's come out and thanked the the Celtic support with his solicitor was on today saying that you know it United football fans, no matter what team they're from, and and rightly so. But hopefully now this will be the start of Rangers getting the house in order or Sevco, or whatever we call them now, because they have uh, huge internal problems when it comes to racism within their support. Well, the, everybody agrees it's against racism. It's ridiculous, and everybody supports the player there and what happened to him. But it's quite rich coming from the mouthpieces of a lot of Rangers. You know, it's um, the, uh, we totally uh, avoid the question of sectarianism and all the rest of it, but I'm not going to take that away from what happened to the guy. It was still ridiculous. It happens too often in football. It's not the first case. It won't be the last case. And the authorities still don't take any action on it, really. Match uh, bans for the players, that's not good enough. It really isn't. A few match bans, that's nothing. Yeah, and then he'll probably appeal it as well. And then after the Euros... Because uh, it's an international ban, he can still play domestically, I believe, and he'll yeah. probably he probably appeal it, and then after the Euros, he'll take his ban for a couple of games, you know. Yeah. Something, but, something like the COVID carry on. Yeah, everything has to be addressed. Um, uh, McLean, does that does his um, name get mentioned when all these things are brought up? The abuse he gets playing football. No, it's never linked in. It's never linked in as a story and go, right, well, there's something happening here. Well, here's something happening with this player in our own own country with our own UK players or UK-based players, whatever, UK football clubs. But nothing is getting addressed with the abuse he's getting. And it's not any different. Now, um, what's his face that used to play with Rangers? Uh, Broadfoot got a massive ban for sectarian abuse against James McLean. And it was reported as... Is as if it was nothing. But it was a, a massive ban he got. But that's the carpet. It's not really. Everything should be called out. I'm, I'm for everything getting called out if it's out of order. Uh, you can't just pick one thing and go, yeah, that's the one I'm happy with. But I'm not really bored about the rest of them. It's, it's not the way the world should work. Yeah, and Joe, it's funny you should bring up McLean because he's always he's he's in our thoughts and and our minds the whole time when we do speak about racism and sectarianism and anti-Irish, the anti-Irish brigade uh, throughout throughout Britain. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. It was Peter Hooten from the farm when he was on the podcast um, a couple of couple of weeks ago, and he he brought up he brought up the treatment McLean gets. He brought up the whole poppy thing, and like, because he's wrote the song all together now. Yeah. And he explained what the song was about, you know, 
um, and went, went went deep into the poppy and gave a great account of, you know, someone who's been brought up in England. And it was great. To hear, it was so refreshing to hear him come out and speak and speak up for McLean when we're talking about, you know, racism and sectarianism in football. And it was him that brought it up, which was great. Yeah. So yeah, the, and you know the treatment. Now, we have spoke about it many times about not just people in public life. Now, myself and I, you and I have spoke about this just in our, our normal life, my background. And it's kind of acceptable sectarianism, especially anti-Irish as well. Um, it's kind of acceptable and it's, it's not to be addressed, it's not to be spoken about. But it should be because all these things link in with each other. You know, it's... They're all the same to me, you know. It's abusers are getting away with it, and that's it. And we've had it at the highest, at the highest this uh, this week with the death of Philip. Philip uh, who? What? Philip who? Who's dead? Well, Philip Windsor or whatever he's called, the Mountbatten. God, see, you think that would have been on the news? Yeah, it's how you would, wouldn't you? But like, we've got now. Um, like, I've seen the BBC playing down. You know, every racist remark the man has made over over his life, uh, and they're playing no, it, it down it, it, as this it, it, as this funny joker man. You know, this is a person yeah, it's who called, it's called uh, speaking his mind. Yeah, who who I believe. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't be a follower of um, the Windsors or the Manbattens or whatever they call themselves. Um, but. I was reading a piece. It was it was it was actually Paddy McMenamin sent it to me. It was it was from an Iranian journalist on Al Jazeera on on their website, and he he had written a piece about um, the BBC and how they were dealing with these comments yeah. that was made and, and playing them down. And one of the one of the comments was he'd been to Africa. And he'd asked one of the tribes women. I'm not sure, you know, what tribe it was. I think it was in Kenya. And he'd ask one of the he'd ask one of the women, was she a woman? Yeah, that's right. I've seen and, that and it's just kind of you know, and that, and that's supposed to be funny. And then you know, you've got UEFA now on a kind of different ground on a sporting ground, who you know the Black Lives Matter, but they don't really matter because Big Mrs. matters for them. You know, you've got a World yeah. Cup and guitar. I'm going on a rant now, Joe, but you've a World Cup and guitar where like hundreds of workers dying on the job. Yeah, dying, dying to walk basically, you know, after being, being awarded this World Cup corruptly. And it's just like the whole world is just, oh, it's just, it's tits up. Yeah. Well, there's the thing with the Black Lives Matter as well is there was a lot of Rangers fans really going against that. What the fuck is my club doing that for and all the rest of it? And a lot of people were against that uh, in the football sense. And yeah. They've totally jumped over to oh racism is bad and we shouldn't uh, that guy is is ra- getting racially abused. But a few weeks before that, they were going stop taking the knee. I don't know. I just don't understand. You know, the, I do understand because they're just doing it. They're playing to it. They're not actually thinking about that guy as an individual and how he felt getting abused. They're just playing it. A lot yeah. of these fans. Yeah, and like like next week it'll be forgotten about, and it'll be back to, um, it'll be back to you know Zeke Olin and <laughs> loads, and you see. Yeah. But Joe, I wrote a piece I think last week, 
you know, we have to look within our own support as well because, you know, we have to have we have to have a growing up debate about calling people, you know, a singing orange bastard at the games. I think. Mm-hmm. Because if we're gonna be calling people out, we need we need to look from within, you know. Because we've had like, you know, a long time ago we had racist issues ourselves, but we got rid of them. And well, like, not, not quite so much got rid of them. It's only a few seasons ago we won the league up at Aberdeen and uh, we were, you know, it's very difficult to get tickets for that and we were, I was standing there and I only got one out of the group so I just drove up myself and uh, took one of my mates with us but he was standing over uh, just uh, away from us at the time and Logan got the ball and a guy in front of me, an older guy, he wasn't a young guy, had the hoops on everything actually shouted, you're a black bastard. And I reacted right away, like, fucking gone for him. But what, just beside me, right away, young team as well went for him. And the guy... That's positive, isn't it? Yeah. But the guy bolted, double quick time. But that just shows you that there is... And he felt quite safe shouting at the first. But obviously there was a reaction and the young team followed him, rightly so. But I think he actually... My scope to stewards and police. That's what he actually done and got away. But, but that's what he shouted, you know. So I know we're not <laughs> any moral ground to say we're better than somebody else. We do have them in our support. But thank God we react to it and pull them up for it. Yeah, and it's it, great that the young know, team acted as well, Joe. Yeah, of course. Because we can be proud of some of the young team that's you coming up. Well, Andrew, if a guy had turned back me, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So the young team would have had to have yeah, moved well, in. You, you have a face of a love around me. I love always having a bit of humour with you. I told, I told <laughs> you we should have scripted this. <laughs> a serious issue straight into comedy. <laughs> yeah, well, look, if, if anyone's wondering why my head is so red, I was out in the sun today and uh, I, I have a head like a beetroot. <laughs> You can see I've got still got my natural tan from Glasgow. Yeah, Joe, your beautiful, beautiful baby face. <laughs> I'm sitting in dim light to try and make myself look better. I thought it was a carbon cutout when I logged on first. <laughs> but right, I will move, move on. Uh, we'll move the conversation on um, yeah. because obviously this is the first episode. We don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> By now, by now, everybody's switched off. <laughs> as long as we enjoy ourselves. <laughs> anyway, so, right. So when we done, uh, we're back doing Celtic AM as a virtual thing, and it was, it was. I have to say, it was brilliant putting it together, and we've another one coming out on on Saturday, um, Sunday. I don't know. We might put it out Saturday evening. And it's, it was just, the fun I had putting it together was great because especially when people were sending me the videos because some of them were just, you know, some people are great and they'll send the video, but other people will just send you one that you didn't, you know you can't use. So the crack yeah. I had, the crack I had, and like Daniel's, Daniel's uh, who's doing the, the editing on the stuff, so he's here. And like, just to even have someone close to have a bit of crack with, you know, instead of just, because yeah. everything's done online now because of these lockdowns, you know. Yeah. But the thing that came out of that was when I was asking people for their favourite um, cup final memories or, or cup memories was giving Maggie Thatcher the red card. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, I always thought that was a not to view initiative. So, but it was yours, the, the not to view done it for a visit to Ibrox. 
Can you give us yeah. the, the, a bit of the story behind that? Yeah, uh, we did it first. Uh, basically, the, the cup final one is based on what we did uh, Ibrox. Um, uh, funny enough, there's a St. Pauli connection in this. Uh, Jerry, uh, who the editor was not the view, he was actually over in Hamburg and went to a St. Pauli game, and this was up way back in uh, early 80s and might even have been late, late 70s, knowing him. And uh, he went to one of the guys, Big Rudy, who's a HSB, great, massive Celtic fan, uh, took him to uh, see St. Pauli. Uh, just to pass the time and have a have a bit of crack, and he said there was this big guy just shouting and bawling and pulled out a red card every time the ref done something. Just one guy on his own. So obviously that stuck in Jerry's head. So when we were obviously we were going to Ibrox, I think it was the uh, eighty eight season, and uh, we're going to play Rangers, and they were getting players sent off every time they played us. So we we ran a kind of bookies line. In the, in the magazine, who was going to get sent off first and all the rest of it, you know? And then Jerry did this. He goes, I can't remember being back in Hamburg, this madman. <laughs> we had a card and kept shouting, I think we should do it, put it in the issue, put it in the issue. Yeah, definitely, let's go for it. And it was at Ibrox and oh, it was just, I see a red card, man, it was brilliant, you know? And of course, they, they did get a player sent off and even the moustache soonest looked over and gave a grin, you know. <laughs> it was just like every decision, man, all you see was these red cards going up. It was absolutely genius. It was like uh, before choreographed displays were done and all that. So it was, it was just one of these genius ideas that was stuck in the back of his head for a, a previous engagement you know so it was it was just so good and everybody was talking about it it was even you could see it was bits on tv and it was in the news sports reports and all that and it was just a great talking point because it was so different from what we're used to now in football at, at games what you see and then that carried on uh, i think it was uh, the trade unions and all that because maggie was there and all that and then people were just doing it off their own back their thatcher show thatcher the red card so we were obviously dead pleased with that as well we thought brilliant that's getting carried on especially against the witch so that was that was excellent yeah it's it, it's it's brilliant so i wasn't had that final like I've, I've said it numerous times you know if i could climb into a toy machine that's the that's the one I'd love to go back to because uh, yeah. like it just must have been just uh, just to give it to her, you know. And like, it's oh, yeah. like can you, Rangers would have loved the opportunity to get a picture with her in the cup, you know. But no, that's it's them bloody Irish again going up and spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it was just great a bit of Scots Irish or rebel against Thatcher, yeah. you know. It's just fantastic. I, I, Paul Heaton it remarks that you know most of the north of England would have joined the Celtic fans that day and and gave Maggie the red card. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it. People with a bit of just natural goodness in their heart would do that, you know, to a, a cool witch. You know, she's just it was this a publicity stunt for her that turned. You know, it's she. She liked that kind of confrontation, you know, but 
everybody talks about the red cards. They don't talk about her. It was just about the red card, really, and showing her one to tell her to get to. Yeah. And here, back to that Oibrox game, was there any red cards in it? There was, I, I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a red card. I think it might have been, uh, was it Nisbet? I, can't, I, I need to look it up, Andrew, to be honest. I should have done my homework, but that's a kind of guy. Yeah, but, but the reason why I, I didn't ask do any homework because I just wanted this to be a chat and off the cuff. <laughs> it off the cuff. Yeah, they definitely did something sent off, definitely, because I think that's been, and then later on, as soon as came on, I was player manager at the time. So he came on. So I think that that's when they gave the grin up to the whole Celtic fans all going red cards, you know. Genius idea. Absolutely genius. It was those red cards as red as my face. It was as I laugh. The red card edition you've come out dressed up. Oh, <laughs> Brilliant. Now listen, Joe, I was going to ask you for your to pick your to pick the team that's starting on, on Sunday and to give us all the stats and uh, you know to get your board out and show us where all yeah. the people we leave that to we leave that to the experts. Oxy that's not going to isn't it? Oh that's definitely for for sure. Right, so we've done the red card and now we're gonna move on to I suppose we'll we'll, we'll just move on to, to Sunday, Joe. Um it's, it's massive. It's a massive yeah. game, isn't it? I just, I just, it's, it's bloody typical. We're pretty shit. We get to play them in an early round of the cup, an earlier round of the cup. It always seems to be when we're shit. It's never when they're shit. And, uh, um, and that's taking out both teams' uh, carnations of them. So it's, um, but we're play- I, I, I enjoyed the game against Libby there. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say it's lovely, you know, that could easily have been a, another fall for us, but I thought we played quite well. Uh, definitely having James Forrest back uh, gives us that width and, and stretches the team across, and, and it puts other players in their natural position. So I think he's quite vital uh, to be fit against them. Um, I hope he is. He doesn't really produce it against them a lot, uh, took them a while to even score against them, but I just think getting that shape will help us to to go there. And, and obviously, we played well in the last game and never never got a result right enough. So we need to make that right. When we create chances, we need to put them in the back of the net. And I just I just think the shape of the team should be good if James is fit. Yeah, with the exception of the first game, Joe against them at Sally Park this season when we were fucking terrible. Like, we've been the better team for long periods in the games. Yeah, I don't... See, the thing is, see if you don't get the result, being the better team, to me, doesn't really matter because you still need to win that game. They they used to say that to us quite a bit as well. Oh, we played you as half the park. Look at the score. At the end of the day, the score is what matters. So even that game, that last game at Ibrox, when we should have won, they didn't even have a shot at goal. The goal they got was an OG. So they didn't even register one shot on target and still managed to win that game. So that's all that matters at the end. Of it. So, yeah, it's I want us to go in. Look, we can play shite and win it. I'm happy. I'd rather we play well and win. That makes me happier. So uh, I, I don't really like the... Uh, we were better than you on the day. You're only better if you score the goals. 
Yeah, and I won't really? watch, I suppose, Joe, this week because it's a cup game. No, and yeah, it's last chance. Yeah, I know. Can imagine it now? See if you said that last season, going into this season, that your last chance of winning something and domestically is a Scottish Cup game. You, you wouldn't believe it, you know. You could maybe say a, a freak result in the League Cup, but no, that wasn't a freak result with a push. Um, didn't expect us to be this bad in the league, and now we're hanging on to a, a game now that kind of we're all in our, our hearts going, please win this. But there's no point in winning this one and then going out the next one, the next round. We need to be confident enough to go all the way and win it. Now, that's to me is more important than just winning this game. Yeah, we need to win this game, of course we do, but. We need to win the final. We need to get to the final and we need to win it. And these group of players haven't really... Sorry. These group of players... All right, let's go. (laughs) These group of players haven't really produced and performed every week to do that. So that's a massive worry for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the game on Saturday because as bad as it's been this season... You know, it's something to look forward to, even sitting watching it on your own. It's just because, you know, with, with nothing happening, Joe, with no gigs and, you know, no travel, no football. Like, to sit down and then to watch them play well. And then the, yeah. first, the first thing, the first comment I got off on the boys was, oh, but sure it means nothing. And you're going to go, just give, me, <laughs> just give me five minutes to enjoy the result and the goals yeah. and the performance, you know. It's just, oh, sure it means nothing. I, just, I know I, there was a lot of that uh, it's too late and all the rest of it well I said to a few of my mates we all do chats when the, the game's on so I'm in various chats with a few supporters clubs and mates and that so there's a lot of banter going about which kind of helps when you're sitting as you say watching it yourself and a few guys are going ah, it means nothing and I went well it means something because the following week we've got a cup game and we really need to win that and as I said just there we need to take that forward to the next round and obviously final and win it and, and give something back to us poor buggers that have been sitting in the house watching this unfold all season. You know, oh, behind, that's, that's behind, cushions, behind cushions, behind bloody fingers, behind bottles <laughs> of whiskey, yeah, everything, you know. <laughs> Nothing could hide the pain. Yeah, like there was, there was started off, you know, Oh, I will get, we'll, we'll get a bit of farm, you know. It's only one game. Right. And then, then, oh no, we'll get a bit of farm. And I finished off head the wall. <laughs> oh, you know? it's murder. Absolute murder. What yeah. a season. Oh, it's fucking been a disaster, all right. Uh, and, and like it's, it's been so sad. It's like to even to, like to sit here and have a laugh about it. It's just, it's painful. <laughs> I know. Well, look. See, we are laughing and it is kind because of, we know the misery but oh it's been shocking it's been it's been it's been an absolute disaster on and off the park a wee bit of seriousness here you <laughs> uh, total disaster of a season lessons need to be learned but it's look we need we need to start moving forward and without getting into all the the new CEO and all the rest of it and he has to be given an opportunity. I don't want to linger on it too much, but he has to be given an opportunity, stamp down what he wants to do, 
there's been Desmond Desmond says, no, I want it to go this way. Well, the guy should walk and just say, well, it's not for me. If you want to, if you want to do it, you, you do it then. You know, he has to come in with his own ideas and his, his own vision and hopefully get a manager that does the same. Too much interference isn't good. Oh, there's been, there's been, there's been so much like speculation of interference from the boardroom. And yeah. when, when David Law was in the podcast, and he's kind of an insight into boardrooms because he was there with Fergus. And he said, don't ever listen to it, Joe, but he says, you know, Fergus wouldn't allow any of, of the suits to interfere with football matters. Oh, and, yeah. You know, and, and like, he, he wouldn't want any of them now. Like, you know, accountants do, should do what accountants do. Yeah. You know, and marketing exactly. people should do, and football people should do what football people do. Right. Andrew, a while back, uh, when all this, when we were really in the depths and, and all that, I, I tweeted something about the whole board, and then somebody said to me, what, well, the whole board, what, the, the treasurer, this, that, and then, and I went, yeah, the whole, the whole bloody board are accountable, because if the treasurer isn't doing their job, everybody on that board has something to say about it. So the treasurer should have something to say if things aren't going right. If you've got a board and uh, you're on it, you should be able to speak freely and, and question everything that's going on. And our board doesn't like that. It is basically a, just a Dermot and Peter. That's basically it. Well, the final word, I think, is Dermot. No matter, you know. Yeah, and the final word is Dermot. So of course it is. And that's not healthy. Then all the other board members... I've heard this is a kind of to make up a, a boardroom table. There's they'd be better having you and I there to at least once or, or, or maybe a couple of months just to go, no, he's a top fish, no, this is wrong. All right, you're going there, but I'm voicing my opinion. I know, I know. <laughs> but that's the thing, no, this is this your other guy, uh, uh, there's the ex labour guy. And I just think, what the fuck is he on that board for? Because he doesn't seem to be in. Um, Pairing the glasses. Oh, his name escapes me. It's ridiculous. Aye, he didn't, did he not write a book on us? Aye, he did. Aye, I, know, I know you're on about. Oh, God. Forgive me. Just goes to show you, just go show you the age right now, Joe. You know, we're just, we're just forgetting. I know. I know. We're just glad to. Aye, hi, yeah. Aye, him. Aye. You know your man. Aye, aye, your man. But you need a strong board to question everything, even if you know that it is Dermot and it's Peter Law. That that was so unhealthy that that board can't question that they're doing in the direction it's going. That's what you have a board for, you know, is to question everything. And the treasurer should be questioning everything else as well. Yeah, it's only when you sit down, I sit down to write, write, to write a piece on, on Peter Law's time at Celtic. And as I was writing, you know, and the managers were coming in, I could see the interference that Martin O'Neill didn't have from from Strachan coming in. When you look at you look at some of the signings, you know, like none of us, nobody at the club knows why Thomas Gravenson was brought in. Nobody, mm. you know, Roy Keane, you know, an injured, you know, player brought in that obviously Strachan didn't want. Paddy McCourt has said on a podcast that um, he was signed by he was in talks he, like he'd lit up the League of Ireland. He was he was in talks with two English clubs, and somebody that 
he knew or knew his agent was a friend of Dermot's and he contacted Dermot and he said, look, does this boy Paddy McCord think you should sign him? And Celtic signed him. And he says when he arrived on the, the training pitch for the first day that Gordon Strachan didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Paddy's, you know, massaging the story for the, the enjoyment of the podcast or if that's, that's, that's true. But I know when he did arrive that he wasn't fit for about six months. So, mm-hmm. like, and, and so that was striking. And then the whole way through then, you know, it just seems to have been interference with, you know, players right up to Brendan leaving with that player, that fullback that went to Valencia. So there seems to be, and then obviously it went from, not only was there interference with the playing staff, there was interference with the, you couldn't bring in, like, you couldn't bring in your coaching team. You know, mm-hmm. the coaching team was picked for you. The recruitment team was picked for you. So, you know, like, I suppose we grew up with, like, characters like, well, you're older than me, so you, you'd remember the late, the late, the late jocks, like the late part yeah. of Jock Steen, you know, Billy at the club. And, like, just managers now seem to be, they just, like, this whole system, if this is the way it is, director of football, it's a coach. I always remember Pochettino coming out when he was talking to the manager saying, you know, no, that's nothing to do with me, I'm the coach. He was asked yeah. for the players coming in or something, man. He 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 was gone shortly after that because obviously the hierarchy at Tottenham went. You know you can't do that. But he brings him to a Champions League final, and he finds himself out of a job because he speaks out about the recruitment. And I think yeah. that's just the way football seems to be gone, Joe. And it's that kind of needs to be addressed. Yeah. The new, if we're going to get if we're going to get a top manager in to bring the club forward and, and a director of football that you can work with, well. As fans, I think we should know. We should be told by the club. Look, this is this is the model. This is the long term model. This is what we're going to do going forward. Because at the yeah. moment, at the moment, I'm about to lose my bet on Eddie Howe. Every game, John Kennedy's the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football's changed. We know that uh, the jock and his team are Sean Fallon, uh, Neely Morgan, Jimmy Steele, and Masur. Oh, like all these names and Benny Rooney and all that. All these guys were known to us as, as Celtic fans. They were part. That was a part of the the team that, that made the team. Uh, so these were all figures that I kind of grew up with and, and knew off the heart. So, and then when you come to modern day football, I just don't understand how, as a football manager, you won't have your own your own staff there who you can rely on. Uh, I can get the 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 attitude of no, the you can't bring everybody. Uh, you can bring who you, within reason, but managers tend to like the, have the people they trust and people who they've had a bit of success with round about them. And this kind of director of football thing, who buys players in and kind of push, forces them on, or, and the manager doesn't know. Why would you? Why would you be a manager of a team and have to put success on the park and for not any input on who you can put on the park? I just that managers should have, as you say, he spoke out. The guy spoke out, and then he got into a cup final, spoke out, and then that was him gone. So I think more managers shouldn't just accept that this is the norm and this is the way it's got to be. They should stand up and go, "Well, no, uh, you bought that player. I didn't buy that player." I didn't want that player. I'm not playing that player. Oh, well, you, if you don't play the player, you're off. Right, I'm off. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I don't want to hear the story after it all. I don't want to hear Brendan. You know, there is a story to be told there with Brendan Rodgers and why I left and all the rest of it. I don't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. 
I know I've heard stories about it, but I don't want to hear it after that. That should have been told at the time. Yeah. Whatever it was. Forty percent, Joe. Yeah, and I still, I still think he was wrong leaving us in the lurch, no matter what was going on behind the scenes. And if he did want to leave us at that time, he should have just come out and told us why. You know, it was a ridiculous time he left us in the lurch for a Celtic man to do that, a supposedly Celtic man to do that. No, that 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 doesn't wash with me. He should have told us at the time, guys, sorry, I'm out of here because of... You know, I don't want to read it in about next year or, or two years' time and, and get the full exclusive story of Celtic at that, that time. That's not good to us. We're there every week. We need to, we need to know now. I'd have more respect for him we told us if he just come out and says, couldn't work with that, man. That was the final straw. That was me done. Fine. Yeah. I'd yeah. take that. Oh, I'd take that. No problem. But it doesn't work with that, Joe, because he's going to have new employers and, and if it doesn't work at Leicester, he's going to be looking for another employer and that employer's going to say, well, I'm not hiring Brendan Rodgers because he's too outspoken and he's going to come out. They all cover their backs, Joe. They all look after yep. number one, you know. It's like the footballers. You know, the kids queue up for an autograph or whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, the, the days of the Tommy Bones and, and, the, and the and the Paul Max days are long gone. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I um, Joe, I, w- I won't get you crying because uh, we always have a laugh. And I'm telling you, Joe, I'm, I'm missing, I'm missing our after games in McCool's. And oh, uh, who, th- that game we play, who's round us anyway? Sorry to, sorry to anyone watching in, but it's, it's. Uh, Joe always uh, avoids buying the first drink and he always leaves oh, the last drink. You always make sure I'm in the pub when you walk in and that's how you go right at I'd be standing around the corner waiting to see if you've gone in and once you're standing at the bar it pop up behind you. I know. And Nicky's pissing himself laughing behind the bar because he knows you're just hanging about <laughs> the corner. <laughs> well, here, I just happened to McCool's. Wasn't it great that they, they got the crowd funder and, you know, the, we have a pub to go back to? I know. Brilliant, man. It's... It's not just for us uh, after the football. You know what it's like. They do they do a lot for the local charities round about, help people out. They've done stuff for refugees, book launches, and then gigs, all the rest. And they've helped loads of people out. And, and it's not just a pub. It's, you know, as you know what pubs are like, they're local. It's my local. It's in the city centre, but it's my local. Yeah. It's It's got a heart in it, you know, and... Uh, I think a lot of people dismiss pubs a lot and don't understand what it means to walk in. Yeah, you can be. There's times I just walk in and it's just a cracking feeling. You see somebody you're not seeing for ages. You get a blather. You catch up with their life and what's going on. And these places are. are I've got souls. Whereas your weather spoons and all these ones are just. Heartless, you know, it's just yeah. this the sum up, sum up what modern society is, you know. To me, these weatherspoons, you know, to a, a place like McCool's, you know, yeah, McCool's is, is it's I love it, you know. And like, I remember when I, the first time I, I went into it, and it was by chance, and I couldn't believe that there was a pub full of Celtic supporters that liked the same music as me. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. 
You know, because you know yourself, uh, like a lot of the bars you're in, you, you listen to the ballads or the or the rebs, but you know, McCool's, you can be listening to anything. Uh, oh, you know what McCool's is like? You get a bit of Celtic stuff and uh, for for a bit before the game and a wee bit after it, and then you're buying into tunes and you don't you don't even notice it so much because you're just singing away and you've went from one era of music into the next and. Ah, it's just I love it, punk soul and disco dancing. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, you know it, I, I call the podcast after it. You know, Celtic soul. Ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just um, it's just one of them bars that uh, it, it's it, I it, I do miss, um, and I miss Nicky. And I, I used to go down in the mornings before he'd open for a cup of coffee and a chat. Yeah. And, uh, if I was if I was hanging around for lunchtime flight. And he'd be cleaning up after the night before and that. But we had a great chat and he's just such a such a wise old man and you know, such a cool old man and Yeah. A good listener and and and, and can tell you some great stories about Glasgow over the years. Yeah, I, I his knowledge about things worldwide is amazing. It's great to just chew the fat with him. It really is. Yeah, no, no, we certainly miss him because Joe, I think we're gonna leave it at that for our full Celtic Dars. I don't know how long we, we spoke for. Um, but I have to go and put my head in the pocket of the cold water. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just got embarrassed because you went you went to buy a pint. <laughs> oh, you know I'll be hiding around that corner when I get back. Don't you worry, Joe. Yeah. So, so um, I'll talk to you again then. On hopefully we'll get this selling bad things going because uh, I tried I enjoyed the chat. It was a bit, um, you know. The next time I'll have to get some questions on rehearse, maybe because you know yeah. because of your knowledge of the four four two and the three five six and the three one eight seven nine. The old pal Joe Miller. It's great. The average Joe Miller from not a view, um, <laughs> who has been around the block a couple of times. Good anti-fascist. Good anti-racist. Great football man. Great great friend. Not too fond of buying the force point, but. Um, Folks, uh, this will be our first thing of the weekend as we build up to the big Glasgow derby uh, against the new club and um, hopefully we get a result. We've Paul Heaton on the podcast tomorrow night and then on either Saturday evening or Sunday morning, we've Celtic AM with Scott McDonald, Kieran Kenny, David Potter, a couple of friends like Joe and um, I think that's it. Oh, myself, yeah, I, I'm on it as well. So thanks right. for tuning in, and uh, if you want to come along um, to and give us your Celtic Dar stories, don't forget to send us an email or contact us through social media. It's a deadly. Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much. Cheers, Andrew. Folks, I hope you enjoyed that. If you would like to support us, as all our content is free across all our channels, you can do so by visiting CelticFansin.com. Sorry, you can do so. <laughs> You can do so by visiting CelticFanzine.com where you can sign up to become a member. You can subscribe to the fanzine. You can buy some of our t-shirts or merch. Or you can also donate if you enjoy listening or watching the shows for the price of a pint and if you're a non-drinker for the price of a cup of coffee. Stay tuned. Stay safe, folks. Keep the faith. And don't forget, Paul Heaton Part 2 is up on Friday.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.